I V M. So here's an interesting one for you. What does biomimetics or biomimicry mean? Well, biomimicry is the emulation of models, systems, and elements of nature for the purposes of solving complex human problems. This idea of biomimicry is really interesting book that I read recently called Evolutionary Ideas by a guy called Sam Tatum. Amazing book, Sam, and I'm certainly not. Uh, you know, being paid to kind of endorse this book. But biomimicry is just one of the many ways that I'll be exploring through this podcast, thanks to Sam's book, Evolutionary Ideas, that we could use in our daily lives in order to make our lives a little better. Can we produce the perfect product with it? Can we produce the perfect marketing with it? Can we do something spectacular with it? So let's explore how we can actually understand biomimicry a little better and maybe kind of apply it to potential stuff which is more real and relevant in our world. Let's go. So why is this mad professor suddenly starting to talk about, you know, biomimetics or bio anything? <laughs> like The funny thing is that after I read this book, I, it has inspired me to talk about it. So let me set the context up with an example that's coming straight off the book. Imagine a bullet train. So you're trying to develop the bullet train. And imagine that when you are developing this train that is moving at this frightening speed, which uh, I guess is closer to an airplane than train in Japan, the biggest problem that you face is one that is of sound because it's making this god-awful big sound because, you know, it's kind of moving at that kind of speed. And the second thing is that especially when it enters tunnels, which... You know, there are many long tunnels between Tokyo and the other town, which I forget the name of. I think it's Osaka or something or Kyoto. I don't know. And then you suddenly have thunderclap-like sounds, which are not only disturbing to everything in the countryside, but cannot go on. So what do you do? So people started studying animals. These scientists started studying animals who were very silent in flight or in movement. And they actually looked at I think three birds. The first bird that they looked at was an owl with its feathers, which are serrated. So if you make tiny hole, uh, tiny kind of lines between the feathers in an owl's sort of wing, which nature has provided it, it has a very silent kind of flight, which allows it to surprise its prey. So that's the first bird. The second bird, which was the penguin, because the penguin tends to move really smoothly through water. Water is much more denser than air, but because of its spindle-like body, you know. So it's got a peculiar shape that allows it to move really quickly without too much of whooshing in water. And the third is the kingfisher, because if you've ever seen a kingfisher take flight, hover around a lake or a river, and then swoop in to catch a fish, it does so beautifully because of its diamond-shaped-like head, which allows it to enter water very easily, very rapidly, and without too much of notice of the, you know, the unsuspecting prey which is below there. So these three birds enabled the bullet train makers to make the head diamond-like of the train, a spindle-shaped body, as well as serrations, you know, in the right places in order to save on the sound that it was making. So this is an example of the emulation of an element of nature or elements of nature, which are through a model 
or a system solving complex human problems. So I hope I've set the context right, because it is with this context that we can look into biomimicry with a completely different eyes. So why do I say completely different eyes? Because a lot of us, especially in the ideas game, whether we are in the strategic cell of any company or whether we are doing any marketing or whether we are building a new product or whether we are kind of designing something or whether we are, you know, just blue skying or starting a new business. You know what the temptation is? The temptation is to have a revolutionary idea. So the revolutionary idea is essentially, as you know, Sam Tatum in his book really explains, it's like a once in a lifetime sort of thing. I mean, hardly any ideas come because of it not being done somewhere else. And this is where I think the biggest lesson is from biomimicry. Because instead of trying to do something which the world has not seen before, how about actually looking at a related piece, a related thing, and derive inspiration from there to actually, you know, do something amazingly beautiful in our own sphere. So you'll say, huh, that sounds nice, but is there any practical application besides, you know, the bullet train? So this is where the book again comes to my rescue because what the book says, and really good example once more, is about the assembly line which was credited to Henry Ford. You know, Henry Ford figured out a way in which he could produce cars faster. And people think, wow, that's an original idea, the assembly line. You know, people have studied the assembly line and made management books out of it and stuff like that. But it wasn't really original. What Ford did was to look at the butcher's assembly line, wherein the butcher was actually cutting up an animal into various parts, and just he reversed the process. So instead of disassembling an animal, he assembled a car part by part. So the trick over here, essentially, is to look at a process which is being used somewhere else, a system that's being used somewhere else, and kind of see whether you can use it as an inspiration or apply it just as it is to your problem at hand. And when you start looking at the world with revolutionary eyes, I think it makes the biggest possible difference. Now, if I look at the Velcro tape, yes, the Velcro tape is a very interesting piece of equipment again. And you'd think, wow, the guy who invented it was a genius. But if you look at the tiny hooks on what we call burr fruits, right? Those things that irritatingly stick to your track pants when you're going for a you know, walk in the woods or something like that. You'll soon realize that that is where the inspiration has come for Velcro tape. Yeah. And this is another wonderful example of biomimicry in action. Live organisms, you know, living organisms have evolved well-adapted structures over time and you know they've spent so much of time and there's been natural selection and evolution happening and obviously anything that we are seeing around here right now in this time and you know space is something that has survived for millions and millions of years so obviously all those evolutionary ideas have succeeded including human beings right so how about actually when we are designing the next product the next piece of software the next piece of equipment that we are developing, or even the next process or system, how about actually looking at what is already out there and taking it from that 
angle. Now, a lot of times, biomimicry can be extended into psychology and we will get into how we can extend it into psychology in one of my Latin podcasts. But right now, here's a teeny-weeny example. Now, if you want to actually look at the way in which a poker room is designed, it is designed for you to lose, let's say, track of time. Or if you look at the ultimate desire of any man sometimes is to have a man cave wherein there are lots of tools and equipments, you would immediately start picturing a darker background. If you look at a church, then you immediately look at a really tall sort of building which kind of inspires awe and grandeur. So those feelings that you have are psychologically given to you through the context that you're in. Now, whether that is biologically driven or psychologically driven is something that does become a bit of a question mark for me. But I suppose eventually psychology is coming from your brain, which is a biological organ, isn't it? I mean, I haven't seen this expressed in Sam's book, but this is just my take on it. So let's get inspired, I would say, by not just trying to put the next revolution out there, but looking at evolution all around us and use evolution to solve day-to-day problems. I'd love to hear what day-to-day problem you're going to solve with biomimetics or biomimicry. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to have to think about it. And if you like this podcast, well, all you have to do is biomimic the way in which other people have liked and subscribed to it. And if you like podcasts like these, check out IVM. They've got some wonderful stuff for you. And hey, if you like me, I'm the Traveling Professor. Connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on Instagram on that happy note. 